Today's gospel is from Matthew chapter 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables saying, listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. When the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to them in parables, he answered, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them, indeed, is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, you will indeed listen, but not understand, never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one, in one case a hundredfold, in another case sixty, and in another case thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Jolyn and Linda. God's grace and peace 
and love to all of you as we gather together and trust that God's spirit indeed speaks as God's word is proclaimed. The image that has been coming into my mind recently has been one of a junk drawer. You know what I'm talking about. The place where we all throw things, typically near a desk or a counter maybe. It's the first drawer in your bathroom. The gathering place if you need to quickly clean up. The holding spot for all the random things. I have felt that as we gather back in many places and as a church, we're opening the junk drawers and sorting through all the things that we have been storing away for the last year and a half. The word parable in its original Greek language actually means to throw alongside And so Jesus' teaching in this parable feels a little bit like a junk drawer to me. There's a lot inside. What does it all mean? How does it go together? What are we to keep and what are we to set aside? When I hear this story, I keep wondering, what kind of soil am I? because I find characteristics of myself in all of them. And what are these secrets of the kingdom that Jesus says we are to know about? Honestly, I really don't know. But I do know that on our own, we cannot make seeds grow. We can follow every direction that is typed up on the little package, instructions for watering, how we regulate the amount of light, how we can control temperature and fertilize. But we can't make that life inside of that seed pop open to sprout. And for all the things that we are able to control on our own, The life force of this world, we call it the Holy Spirit, is one that we cannot control. We can only hear that we are a part of it. It dwells inside of us as it does in a seed. And then to trust in its power to grow and produce beyond imagination. How is it that similar seeds, one can produce a hundredfold and the other just withers away. There's a mystery and a marvel about what Jesus is teaching us here. Robin Wall Kimmerer, a scientist, professor, mother, and writer. She's also a member of the citizen Potawatomi Nation, tells this story in her book entitled Braiding Sweetgrass. Robin writes, our family spent summers canoe camping in the Adirondacks, and every day began this way. I can picture my father in his red-checked wool shirt, standing atop the rocks above the lake. When he lifts his coffee pot from the stove, the morning bustle stops. We know without being told that it's time to pay attention. He stands at the edge of camp with a coffee pot in his hands, holding the top in place 
with a folded potholder. He pours coffee out on the grounds in a thick brown steam. The light catches the flow, striping it amber and brown and black as it falls to the earth and steams in the cool morning air. With his face to the morning sun, he pours and speaks into the stillness, hears to the gods of the Tuamas. The steam runs down smooth over granite to merge with the lake water as clear and brown as the coffee. I watch a trickle picking up bits of pale lichen and soaking a tiny clump of moss as it follows a crack to the water's edge. The moss swells with the liquid as it unfurls its leaves to the sun. Then and only then does he pour out steaming cups of coffee for himself and my mother, who stands at the stove making pancakes. So begins each morning in the North Woods, the words that come before all else. The words and coffee called us to remember that these woods and lakes were a gift. Ceremonies, large and small, have the power to focus attention to a way of living awake in the world. The visible became invisible, and I think that is the power of ceremony. It marries the mundane to the sacred, the water turns to wine, the coffee to a prayer, the material and the spiritual mingle like grounds mingled with humus transformed like steam rising from a mug into the morning mist. Holding Robin's written words, maybe there is a call to find the ceremony in this teaching of Jesus today, that the sowing of the seed is a way of living awake in the world. Our seeds the materialness of this world become our offering. The Bible calls our gifts to God first fruits. The first tomato in the garden was given to God as a reminder that we can't grow things on our own. The first cup of grain to acknowledge God's part in the harvest. We begin with the offering, and then the rest can be used and shared as we choose. The essence of a tithe is a first fruit to God. Give God 10%, and then we keep the remaining 90 As we look ahead to 2022 here at Mount Olivet, as we dump the contents of our junk drawers for the last 20 months, we lean into the spirit of life and the faithfulness of the sower. And so we're asking this simple question, what will grow at Mount Olivet? You see, we're not questioning if something's gonna grow because we know it will. 
like Jesus teaches us today, we know God promises that new life will emerge, especially in the places that seem too dry to grow anything. This is resurrection. This is the life force of God, God's Holy Spirit. And so, what if we reframe our gifts to Mount Olivet and call it seed money? And so we pool our gifts together, and that becomes the seeds that will be planted. And then we get to tend to those seeds, and we also trust that something will sprout And what will sprout may surprise us, and it may emerge into new relationships, opportunities to nurture others and ourselves. It's a hope, like Robin writes, that we can marry the mundane to the sacred. The act of human giving becomes the divine act of scattering seeds, trusting in what will take root. You see, we get to be a part of what God is creating in this life. My invitation to you on behalf of Mount Olivet is twofold. First, name the sacred in your life. Think back to the last 20 months, what has been your life force? What have you been given, even during a time that has been so hard? And then what is that first fruit that represents your gift to this ongoing sense of what God is growing in the world? What can you contribute to invest in this world that God envisions? What are the seeds that you would like to share with Mount Olivet to plant to see what grows? Our hope is that our plans and priorities for this next year, which include the calling of a new pastor to join in to Mount Olivet's mission and vision, come from a place of abundance. To advance and grow our mission is going to take seeds from each one of you. Would you, in your planning and your prayerfulness, consider increasing your giving by 10%? If you're currently not giving to Mount Olivet, What are the first fruits that you can share? Start somewhere. And that second part of the invitation is, what are your first fruits of time and presence you can give in how you show up in our community? We are at our best when everyone finds a place. And we haven't been able to harness our human capacity over the pandemic because we've been apart. But as we gather again, we need you. And what we need what you have to offer. 
In a very short time, we will bring back our past offering and our walk of communion again. And so we need people specifically to help with that. What do you like to do? What are you good at? That is the joy of community where we can find a place to grow. We would love to help you find your place. I mean that. I would love to talk to you. What do you feel called to do and how can you do that here at Mount Olivet? Somehow in this teaching today, Jesus speaks of planting seeds as an act of faith where human and divine meet. It even becomes something ceremonial, as Robin reminds us, to bring us back to just how close God's spirit dwells and that we too are part of the creative material in this life. The parable doesn't mince words, though. Evil, persecution, backlash, worry, and wealth can be killers of seed growth. But Jesus never once says, stop sowing. God invites you to give of your first fruits. Seed money is needed so that the sowing can happen here at Mount Olivet. The only question left to be answered is, what will grow? Amen.